Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today I have with me a lady by the name of Karen Hershog. She is with a group called And Then There Were None. Before we get uh, too deep into in that interview, I just wanted to make a very quick announcement, guys. Very, very soon, we are working on getting the Unresolved Life podcast on the Roku uh, smart television app, which means, or device, that which means you can listen to it in that venue if you so choose, or maybe others will find the show. So, but let's get on with the interview, shall we? Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Teresa. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do and about this organization called And Then There Were None? Yes, ma'am. So um, I am a client manager and my role is to build relationships with people who have left the abortion industry, who have sought a way out, but don't necessarily have a backup plan for leaving. They just know that the Lord has called them out for whatever reason. So we build that safety net for them. We walk them through an exit from the abortion industry and to gain full employment. Well, why can't they just leave? I mean, I mean, as soon as they, someone realizes that what they're doing is wrong or evil, why can't they just walk out? Many of them are single mothers. Many of them are the breadwinners for their families. A lot of times they are told that they will not be able to find a job after working in an abortion clinic. Many times they're working in positions where they're not technically certified for what they've been doing. And so the money that they make in the abortion clinic is sometimes the best money they'll ever make in their lives. So they believe a lot of lies. They also feel like they have to take care of their families at the expense of their own selves and in their own consciences. And many times they're often bribed or persuaded to continue staying on. So there's a lot of different reasons. But the main thing is, is just money. How do we, how do we support a family after just quitting a job cold turkey without any promise of a severance or insurance or whatnot. Is there something in working with your clients that we should know about the abortion industry that maybe we don't know? If you go to unmaskingabortion.com, we've even had, we've had some clients who have begun speaking out about things that go on behind closed doors in the abortion industry. Abby released a book recently called The Walls Are Talking. That also includes stories from our clients that are kept very hushed in the abortion industry, including just the nature of the industry itself, the way that they teach sexual education, the way that they try to keep parents out of the clinics and provide access without parental consent for abortion and uses of finances that are very questionable as well. Could you kind of walk us through how this organization came into place and what you guys are doing in general? Yes, absolutely. So Abby left Planned Parenthood. She was the director of a Planned Parenthood in Bryan, Texas. And it was supposed to be a very quiet exit from the industry. I was working two doors down at the Coalition for Life at the time. And we were all told to keep this information private. We are going to help Abby find a new job, and leave the clinic quietly to avoid any form of retaliation. However, that week, Planned Parenthood served us with a lawsuit and uh, issued a press release. 
And from there, oh, the media wow. storm hit. So, yes, wow. Abby Johnson <laughs> would not be the pro-life leader that she is today if Planned Parenthood had not issued that press release. But after that, when she started speaking and when her story became very public, she had other clinic workers reaching out to her saying, we went out too. We just don't know how to do it. We don't have a way out. We don't have a safety net to leave. And she and her husband, Doug, were mulling over it. And after helping people themselves financially out of their own pockets, they realized that God was calling them to set up a nonprofit. And so that's how And Then There Were None was formed in 2012. Now, how has the abortion industry, I assume that they have not been too happy with you guys and what you're doing. How have they responded to uh, And Then There Were None? Um, Not well. (laughs) I can imagine. um, (laughs) no um they have not been too pleased uh with our ministry and we actually have a team of people who write cards to every single abortion clinic in the country every single month and every time they get a piece of mail they're told to throw it in the trash but several of our workers have held on to those notes and that's how they've reached out to us i don't know if it was just out of curiosity or out of spite when they're already just burnt out from what they've been doing yeah, they're definitely warned about us and warned not to communicate with us. And here's a question. I mean, because a lot of people will say, well, isn't abortion just another job? Come on. I mean, what what is it you guys are doing? Why, why are you putting so much effort into getting people out of it? It's just another job. Well, that's what they think when they go in. A lot of times they're hired as a receptionist or just a technician, they don't ever intend to work back in surgery or back in the products of conceptions lab where they're piecing together parts of children to make sure that there's no parts left inside the mother. And that's kind of where they just end up sometimes. They think that they're just working in women's health care. A lot of times they're really all for the women's empowerment. So they really think that they're getting into a good thing. They're helping women by providing this, this access. It doesn't take long for them to realize that it's not just another job in healthcare. They end up experiencing really poorly run clinics, first of all. There's very little accountability in the abortion industry. They're seeing that that surgical instruments are not being sterilized up to standard. They're seeing health inspections forced into compliance by tip-offs or by a quick cleanup to cover up any low standards of cleanliness or documentation processes. Um, And so they realize that it's, there's a lot more to this industry than just providing women's health care. They're realizing that abortion is not a women's health care, that the women are not actually cared for many times in the clinics. So here's the question. Let's say someone actually gets out. What are some of the ramifications that they might face mentally, emotionally, or employment-wise? Well, first of all, with mentally, what they experience after leaving the abortion industry looks very much like post-traumatic stress disorder. A lot of times they have nightmares of things that they've seen and things that they've smelled. They say that smell is the strongest sense tied to memory, and sometimes they just can't shake those things. They have a hard time with the aftermath of leaving the abortion industry, and so sometimes professional counseling services are needed. They often deal with post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms after they leave the industry. Um, And sometimes professional counseling services are needed for what they've seen and what they've been a part of, what they've felt, what they've smelled. And um, uh, spiritually, 
emotionally, they, um, they have a very hard time forgiving themselves. That's why we facilitate healing retreats to help them get over that biggest hurdle of finding forgiveness. And that's the only way that they can move on and heal from what they've been a part of. Um, they come up with a number. This is how many abortions I've taken a part in and, and have had a direct impact in. And they face that on the healing retreats. Wow. They directly address, right, it's, it's a very powerful thing to witness. As far as finding new jobs after the abortion industry, sometimes we have people who just want to walk away from healthcare for a while. They just need a break. They'll take jobs in customer service or even working in car dealerships or what have you, just to kind of step away. Most of them have come back into healthcare. They realize that um, God's given them a gift for healing and they, they don't walk away from it altogether, but sometimes they need a break, which is understandable. And as far as finding other jobs in healthcare, we have a guy that's amazing. He spits up their resumes and just makes them incredibly professional and will sometimes add a note that says that they left based on their personal convictions and other healthcare providers can respect that. So if they're not too happy with them having worked in an abortion clinic, they can see, well, this person had the integrity to leave. Let's say you are actually talking to someone who might be actually listening, who might be currently working in the abortion industry, and maybe they're doing their job and they're doing what they need to do, but maybe in their back of their mind, they're thinking, man, this ain't what I signed up for and I want out. Right, exactly. And, and we don't believe that anyone grows up thinking that they want to work in an abortion clinic. It's just not one of those childhood dreams that you would typically see on a child's report. I would say, I would say that there is a way out, that you're not stuck, that for whatever reason that you're there, we can think of a million more reasons why it's better to just leave and we can help. Is there forgiveness? I mean, can they actually find for, I mean, that is such a, a vile industry and they may be kicking themselves because of what they did. Can they actually find forgiveness? Absolutely. We have healing retreats in two phases. We have a phase one and a phase two, which we hold annually at least once a year for each. We cover all expenses because we believe that healing should come at no cost to any of our clients. But yes, it is possible. We have some who have worked in the industry for for decades and they have found healing. So I believe it's possible for anybody. Amen. Well, do you have one last thing that you would like to say to maybe just the Christian community? Maybe something that we don't realize? I mean, for the Christians that might be listening to the show? Yes, I do believe that as Christians that we need to be able to forgive the workers. I see it all too often outside of clinics where ugly things are shouted, and that will not draw them out. Only love can win them out. So use loving words, offer our information, tell them that there is healing and there is hope available to them. We know that as Christians, much has been forgiven of us. And so we are not there to judge. We're only there to offer the love of Christ. You know, it's funny. I, for the longest time, until I even heard about Abby's organization, I was always the, well, you know, I believe, Abortion is a vile, wicked, evil thing. We talked about some of what they do earlier in the show, but, and it wasn't that I wasn't, you know, that I was against the workers themselves. I just had never thought about, well, maybe some of them don't want to do what they're doing. 
Right. Honestly, I didn't either. I started off as a as a student. I was a college student when I began volunteering at the Coalition for Life and praying in front of clinics, which was something I never pictured myself doing. It was definitely God drawing me out there. Um, and I was very resistant for a couple of years. But yeah, we, we typically just go out there and think about the baby. I mean, it's only just recently that people have started caring about the mothers and, and caring about the fathers. But it really wasn't until Abby stepped out of the industry and shed light on the fact that these workers are just humans. And a lot of them have just found themselves in a really bad job without even understanding why. Or thinking or with really good intentions to just help women. And so they're just human too. They've all been deceived the same way that anyone else has by the enemy. And so that's why we're out there to offer Christ's love and Christ's healing, which is beyond what we can do Amen. as humans. Now, have you had actually doctors come out as uh, because of your work? Yes, we have. And I believe that number currently... Off the top of my head, and I could be wrong on this, is at least six abortion doctors have reached out to us. Amen. Wow. That is incredible. I'll bet you they really has, and they've gone through a similar process of healing and restoration. Yes. Not quite the same because of their, I guess, I wouldn't want to say infamy, but um, but for lack of better words, they're just more well-known among the health community. And so their information has been kept a lot more confidential and private. And so they've been working on a much more private level than, um, than the rest of our clients. Well, do you have one last thing that you want to say before we wrap up? I don't, not off the top of my head. Wonderful. Well, Karen, first of all, thank you for coming on the show and talking about what you guys are doing. Listeners, if this show has struck a chord with you or spoken to you in any way, Please reach out to, to, to these guys and, and I really do believe they can help you. And to the Christian believers, our goal isn't to demonize the workers themselves because they're probably just as deceived as anybody about what this practice actually is. So with that, if you guys have found this content useful, would you please subscribe, rate, and review? And I, you know, I will do my best to bring you the best content I can. Um, We are answering life's most difficult questions. So with that, I'm Teresa Blaze. This has been the Unresolved Life Podcast, and I'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.